Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you today? Hey, Wagwan. <laughs> I don't know why I start like that. Panicked, said Wagwan. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, all good, all good. Staying out of trouble. Watching, I've been watching a little bit of YouTube, mate. Oh, no. I've taken the time out when I was doing some uh, writing for the uh, Discovery Channel DMAX. Um, I had bragging, you on one screen. Bragging about his Discovery you, Channel. I had you on one screen, a home of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, I'll have you know. Uh, and I don't get paid for saying that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was watching you on one screen, you and uh, Connor doing your little your little weekend excursion, and I had my little writing on the other side, tapping away. Wow. It was very enjoyable, very entertaining. I hope you didn't accidentally type some horrendous things into your, <laughs> into your <laughs> script while watching our video. Yes, Connor and I have launched a brand new series, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Wacky Weekend. We put a lot of time and effort into that name, as you can tell. The main thing we wanted was alliteration and a weekend, and we we couldn't think of anything else that worked. What what else oh. works as weekend, Pete? Exciting weekend. Uh, what weekend? Um, Chris and the, Connor's the, weird the... weekend. I think that was Louis Theroux, yeah, right? Did it's a weird bit Louis Theroux, isn't it? Yeah. So we yeah. copy that. Uh, um... Uh, I why do you put me on the spot like this? Because you're good at if it. You can't think of anything for like days and days. Good God. <laughs> Chris and Connor's. Connor and Chris's crazy. <laughs> career adventures <laughs> to be fair we should have Go gone on. with another yeah something with yeah. C Chris and Connor's classic Chris contraband Connor's cra- <laughs> fuck I don't know but like yeah it went well for the first episode so basically the premise of the series is Connor and I meet up every month for one weekend get in a car and go somewhere and for the first one in the series we wanted something that was going to do well no matter what and of course that's love hotels the sad truth is mm. as a YouTuber you know what videos are going to do well right I know the next yeah. Two videos on abroad in Japan, Journey Across Japan, are going to do badly because they're called like 24 Hours of Nagasaki and something about an island. But Love just Hotels. Lie. Just say, just say, just say, <laughs> lie. Uh, Love Hotel, Kawaii, Cat Cafe, 
uh, just don't do any of those things. But they will have been entertained by the video. They'll ne- they'll never remember that you absolutely duped them. Well, the, the alternative is to do a horrendous clickbait. Remember that when there was a, that era on YouTube where people used to title videos like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> not again. It's like, not again. And it's like a photo I of someone. I my pants again. It's like, yeah, yeah, you have this sort of really stupid title that's incredibly vague. Mm. You click on the video, you're inevitably disappointed. Um, but no, we went to Love Hotel and it was good. I He came up to Sendai, so I showed him around my favourite Love Hotel, which I did feature in a video before, um, the Inside a Japanese Love Hotel, 2016. And I went back there and there's the room has like a teddy bear cave. Did you see this teddy bear cave, feet? <laughs> I did see the teddy bear cave. What do you think of the cave it's, of bears? It's, I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why the was that was that the video where um you did some stroking of the bear i seem to recall or am i thinking of something else i don't i don't, I don't know, know that is. my youtube algorithm throws oh, so much craziness at me some cre- chris the, and connor craziness the stroking but I, of you the went bear. to the most awful. you went to the most expensive uh fanciest uh love hotel we did, yeah. and the worst yeah. one as well i think i like the worst one better <laughs> really it's... it knows what it is it knows what it is it smells like cigarettes they got big fucking oh. telly on the wall and there's a little gambling machine in there as well there fantastic was a what a night in. <laughs> it was a slot machine. It just—it <laughs> is awful. You open the door and it just smelled like a thousand cigarettes. And it's that yeah. horrible, the cigarette smell's been there for a long time smell. So it was really kind of sour yeah. and unpleasant. But uh, yeah, it was a good fun. <laughs> but what we realised after Connor uploaded the video was he left in some breasts on a screen. So on the TV Oh, really? Screen, you can oh, see no. a topless, I think a topless woman there. And yes, people please. commented and... He had to, uh, he, luckily, you've got a blurring tool on Twitter now, so you can blur things. Sorry, a, blur, a blurring tool on YouTube, so he was able to blur it. Oh, but... do you? You can just sort of yeah. just go in and blur after the fact. Because you can't yeah. replace videos on YouTube, can you? No, not officially, but you can if you know the right people. But he, um, right. he'd, um, yeah, he, he left in this. Luckily, oh, not no. that many people saw it, and he blurred it before it became a diplomatic incident, but still. Oh, no, I've left some boobies in, he said. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he would say. But it was good fun. I, the only problem is, I don't know what we're doing for the next one now. We've got to work out something wacky for the next episode. But what, what, I, like, what I like about the series is that um, it's, you're quite, even though your kind of humour is quite sardonic and sarcastic, uh, you're, and you're quite sweary, you don't get sexual. His channel's always got a little bit sexy, always a little bit naughty, uh, and I quite like seeing you off the clock a little bit because uh, he's using words like "come" and <laughs> and uh, and "vibrator," and I talk <laughs> like this, and 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 you're like, "Oh, naughty!" And it's it's just it just turns me on incredibly. It just turns I, me on, Chris. I'm a man of honor. I cannot honor. get enough of it, mate. I'm a, <laughs> a man, I'm of, a honor. man of honor, Pete. He's I'm like a medal of honor. Tw- <laughs> medal of honor. I think he's I'm like, a call of duty. He's a twenty-five-year-old boy. He's he's a nothing but a yeah. kid, and I've I've got time on my <laughs> side. I've got old time man. on my side. <laughs> I'm old. I, I I just feel like that's 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 beyond me. I can't talk about things like that. Just feel a bit can't awkward. Talk about things like that. You got kids watching your shows about um I don't know the a, a, a city getting back on its feet after a tsunami. <laughs> you got kids watching that, mate. It's designed for kids. <laughs> it is, I swear. <laughs> but like we yeah, we got to find somewhere. Um, so the idea is we're going to bounce Wacky Weekend across both channels, right? So this month was Connor. Oh, nice. Next week abroad in Japan, and I don't Lovely. know. I, I I've you know I, I'm quite good at researching locations. I like to think I am, as we've seen on Lost Lost Islands series, but 
I don't know, it's hard to keep things fresh and original and exciting, right? There's only so many times you could do a bloody Love Hotel video. Although there is a Love Hotel that's themed like Jurassic Park, which I'm very tempted. <laughs> I am yes, tempted. Please. Give me that Jeff Goldblum blow-up doll. Make it happen. <laughs> Jeff Sam Gold, Neil. Jeff Goldblum. Sex doll. Jeff oh, Goldblum. God. The way he said that sounds like he was jumping into Goldblum. a pool. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, God. Um, yeah. There was a lovely, there's a lovely uh, Jurassic Park, not officially uh, themed Jurassic Park uh, restaurant um, on the outskirts of Los Angeles, which mm. I enjoy immensely. I visited there with the, the boys from RKG, which is an IGN uh, UK spin-off uh, mm. back in the day, Gavin uh, Cooper. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of like a Chinese restaurant, but they just had a load of animatronic and papier-mâché kind of very detailed uh, statues of of dinosaurs oh, it's, uh, yeah it really is uh, something else <laughs> was it better than the love hotel Should we I go? don't know I, maybe it turns into a love hotel after dark have you actually been to a love hotel before I never I don't think I, I know no never never dirty my oh. boots or anything else quite to be quite frank but you literally stay like three seconds from the Shibuya Love Hotel district whenever you go to. I know, Japan. and I should, and I should, and, and and I'm always sleepy, so I just pop in for a little. Well, yeah, you can, a little snooze. You can for an go hour. in, can't you, for a two thousand yeah, yen I just or something? Find them so scary, 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 Chris, scary. What's scary? You could, you could actually like go out of like you know you get drunk in wherever you are in Shinjuku or whatever. You could sort of get out and. Uh, when when you when you just sort of run out, have a little snooze for half an hour, and then come back into wherever you are. Little snooze snooze. <laughs> <laughs> it's that a good option. Perfect. It's a good option. I think yeah. love hotels are pretty cool as long as you get the right one, <laughs> and not the one with cockroaches. And the one I did experience right. a cockroach in was, in fact, in Shibuya, and it's still open. Somehow it's still open. What absolute tip! Right. All right. It's time for story <laughs> of the week, and this week we got a story from Joe, Joe, Sally, and Sean. Joe Sally is his name. No, it's Joe Joe Sally and Sean. It's called A Shameful Day. And it says, Hi, Chris and Pete. A few years ago, while Japan suffered two typhoons in the space of a week, my wife and I and my eight-year-old son spent a week in Osaka. My son, blonde and blue-eyed, seemed to meet with a good deal of general approval and indulgence from the Japanese, rather like (laughs) walking around with an impossibly cute puppy. Sadly, my wife and I were not to prove to be as accomplished an ambassador to foreigners. Uh, the greatest of our misdemeanors <laughs> follows. Follows. My wife decided we should take a day trip to Kyoto, and we travelled there by Shinkansen. Having finished the very long day in Kyoto, we found ourselves back at Kyoto Station, ready to relax in the spacious Shinkansen seats for the short trip back to Osaka. As we stood on the platform, there was a single neuron firing in the back of my head, which my conscious brain heard and dismissed casually. This is the same platform we arrived on. I said. The thought was dismissed, Ooh. though. How clever of the Japanese to accommodate travel in both directions from one platform. We boarded the commuter-filled, the commuter-filled Shinkansen and went to our pre-booked seats, two of which were occupied. How very un-Japanese, we thought. As I was staring at the one <laughs> empty seat, a salaryman arrived in the carriage and said, that is mine. His direct, perfect English finally made things click with me. We were on the wrong train. Oh, God. I went to gather up my family, but it was all too late. Now, you should know that my wife is petite and, like many small animals, can be very fierce when provoked. Uh, I caught up with my family, (laughs) but my wife... I can fit in a luggage rack. (laughs) I caught up with my family, but my wife had already worked her magic on an unfortunate salaryman who was apologetically scampering out of his actual legitimate seat. Vacating, vacating it to this angry female. I called off the attack, explained to my wife the problem, and sumimasen the poor guy back into his rightful place. Uh, so here we 
were three stowaways on a racing Shinkansen with no functional Japanese. Fortunately, another businessman, fluent in English, helped us out. The bad news was the next stop on the express train was hours away and was a town which was largely industrial and had nothing to offer tourists. Eventually, the train stopped and we warily trundled to the platform for trains. Eventually, the next train arrived and I boarded. That seat pitch on the Shinkansen is so huge, I thought that I could hide my beer drinking session uh, from fellow passengers <laughs> in the lightly filled carriage. I disguised the opening of my beard can under a cough, <laughs> under the sound of a cough. God. The first can was a success. My ruse had worked, but time passed. and It was too, soon time for the second can of beer. The can cracked open. and Before I could raise it to my lips, it fell from my grip, foaming profusely. I hoped the fallout would be limited, but then the train took a sharp bend and lager swished from under my seat into the central aisle, ensuring, ensuring the foamy liquid travelled down the carriage door and back up the cabin. Uh, the woman next to me in the seat picked up her handbag and started to angrily gesture at me. I then decided to get some paper towels from the toilet, but unfortunately it had none. It was equipped with a hand dryer and the beer stained the carriage and ended my day of torment and despair. I'm never going on a train again. All the best guys, <laughs> Joe, Sally and Sean. Just disaster after disaster after disaster there. What a yeah. day, Pete. I mean, I mean, Joe, you sound, uh, you, you both sound like nightmare people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so sorry for that salaryman halfway through the story. I know. I he's know. like, he's and a long just day. chucking beer around. He's, he's like, well, no, the guy who Sally ushered out of his seat. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. he was in the right seat. They're on the wrong train. Yeah. And this guy is like, crack oh. some brewskis up and start throwing it around the carriage. What is this? It's just like, Joe, Sally, oh, outrageous. Man. You sat down the train after a long day's work, an angry woman comes up to you, doesn't speak your language, and is like, you're in my seat, get out now. Rah. This Awful. is my drinking seat. Good God, good God. <laughs> but on the subject of alcohol, um, the beloved Suntory's biggest drink, Strong Zero, a potent drink, <gasps> one that is undeniably delicious, is now finally going on sale overseas and it's kicking things off in Australia. It's, it's, is it going to go down well, Pete, in Australia? Strong zero? Well, I mean, the price, you can pick, you can pick up a four-pack for $22 or a 10-pack for $47. Now, I forget which ones the... I mean, because Australian dollars aren't that strong, are they? So I don't no, know they are how strong, strong zero that is. Oh, they are strong. Sorry, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Are they? Wrong. No, because, I mean, the four pack of, what, four cans for $22? Come on that now. That is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> so 6% ABV, it's worth it, I think. Um I, presumably this is in reaction to the fact that like those hard seltzers uh, are really popular at the moment. And, and you sort of look at Strong Zero and it, it does have that kind of slightly tasteless, slightly strong, slightly needlessly battery acidy uh, kind of, uh, you know, mouthfeel to it. <laughs> mouthfeel. It depends what flavour you get. Like There's a nice uh, plum mm. plum flavour, ume, umeshi kind of flavour. Um that I don't, I'm not really a fan of the lemon one. But here's an interesting fact that I discovered today after literally drinking a 1,000 cans of Strong Zero over the last nine years. Apparently, do you know it's got on the can minus 196 degrees Celsius, aka liquid nitrogen, absolute zero. Right. The, the reason it's at that, uh, they, they okay. basically take the lemon and they freeze it in liquid nitrogen and then they pulverize it and smash it to pieces and soak it in <laughs> shochu and vodka. And that's how they sort of right. infuse the flavour into the kind of the alcohol, which is kind of cool. Oh, I'd love to see that emotion. Yeah, taking a, yeah. a lemon, stuffing it in some liquid nitrogen, smashing it to pieces, <laughs> and then soaking it into some vodka. But 
for those of you that don't know, Strong Zero is the drink that you must try when you come to Japan. If not, it's a top two, it's a top three drink to try if you come to Japan, along with uh, along with a good a good glass of uh, a good cup of Nihonshu, and maybe mm. in my case, plum wine or whiskey if you're a proper. People always bully me for drinking plum wine. Every time I drink it with Natsuki or Yuki, they're like, "Oh, girls drink." I'm like, "Shut up! I want my plum wine." But great drink, <laughs> delicious. Um, and it is, it's a drink you've got to try, though. It's very cheap. It's like 190 yen. You can get it in any convenience store in the country, and it will hit you like a train. It will hit you like the train that Joe missed at Kyoto Station. <laughs> it's very strong, and it's very potent. And if you have three cans, you will feel it very quickly and very powerfully, no matter how strong a drinking you are. Uh, something about it. I don't know what. I don't know why. Mm. I don't know how. But it's powerful, isn't it, Pete? Back me up here. It's a bit much. I've only had a couple of them. And uh, yeah, I can see why people go a bit crazy. Because it's cheap and it's high alcohol and it's colourful and it's slightly inoffensive. It's not the strongest kind of uh, flavour in the world. But it's look, if, if you are, if you're late to the party, late it'll party. get you back on. It'll it's true, on, actually, yeah. On, on side. If you, get to the, if you get to the party late, grab a strong zero on the way, down it in one, <laughs> and you'll, be, you'll, you'll make up for those lost hours. But I didn't know it was actually Japan's most popular alcoholic premix drink i didn't know that mm. but that makes a lot of sense because i'm not sure yeah. what the alternative would have been but every like every company in japan is trying to cash in and try and make their own kind of make their own alternative uh but they're not as good it's very rare for one to be as good so bear that in mind well done to mm. australia i'm just glad they have not been unleashed in the uk yet because that would be an absolute disaster of biblical proportion oh, yes <laughs> great power comes great responsibility um in completely other in other end of the spectrum while the people of australia rejoicing drinking strong zero uh animal rights people aren't so happy a bear was shot dead this week after a rampage through sapporo uh in hokkaido hunters shot and killed a deadly brown bear in the northern city of sapporo after it rampaged through the city injuring four people including a soldier um Apparently, it was exterminated. Earlier dramatic news footage showed the bear bounding along a residential street, crossing a busy road and clawing at the gates of a military barracks, causing alarmed troops to scatter. Like this bear meant business. He went straight for the military base. He was, what was he doing? What was he his plan? He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He was a spy or a provocateur. provocateur. Yeah, awful. I mean, like, look, look. Animal rights activists, animal rights um, supporters will obviously, or people who just like bears uh, will be upset, obviously. But, I mean, it did injure a lot of people, including a soldier who was probably armed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was so bad. They uh, they had to shut down, like, I think they temporarily had to delay quite a few flights coming into the small regional mm. airport of the city. Right. They had to close schools. Like, this was a big deal. And it's not, there's two types of bears in Japan. You've got the sort of the, the black bear and the brown bear. Black bears are on the mainland, on um, Honshu, where I am now. Never seen one still. But uh, brown bears are like the really big ones, and they're in Hokkaido, and they're a lot deadlier and uh, have a, a history for causing havoc and killing people. Whereas the the black bears have been fought, we've talked about it in the past, they've been fought off by mm. elderly residents of orchards in like Aomori, uh, have, have fought these bears. <laughs> But brown bears are not to be trifled with. They will destroy you. Um, one of the victims was in their 40s, one in their 70s, another in their 80s. Um, but they are pretty deadly. You've got to be careful. If you go to Hokkaido and you go out into the wilderness, do exercise a little bit of caution. 
because it's not something you want to run into anytime soon. I, I heard the bear was drinking strong zero. That's why he was so bloody angry. And he had the ball, and then he had the balls to take on the military and win to some degree. Good God. Uh, we'll be back with the fax machine in just a moment. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What do we got in the fax machine this week, Mr. Dawson? Oh, Zach has got in touch from Dover, New Hampshire, USA. Hey, Chris and Pete, I've got one question for Chris and one for the both of you. Listening in, I noticed that the uh, movie Blade Runner comes up in a conversation every now and again. Up until last week, I actually had never seen it. I finally took the time to give it a go and loved it so much that I watched a second time immediately after finishing. I was so captivated by the movie, I picked up the book it was uh, based on, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Uh, hmm. My question is, what areas of Japan best re- resemble that cyberpunk neon uh, dystopian atmosphere found in the movie and what did you guys think of Blade Runner 2049. I'm going to jump in with Blade Runner 2049, one of the films of whatever year it came out in. I went to see it twice at the cinema and I bought a HD Blu-ray player just for it, uh, although I've not actually watched it on it, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely loved Blade Runner 2049. I feel like if you're going to touch a sequel to one of the most iconic sci-fi films of all time, you've got to tread lightly. Mm. And uh, Denis Villeneuve, the, the guy that directed it, did such a good job. He's so good at making he's so good at doing films and doing justice like he did uh sicario which is a phenomenal film um and he did arrival brilliant film 
and he's currently working on June. So that should be a cracker. Mm. The trailer looks amazing. But yeah, he did a great job with Roger Deakins. Ryan Gosling, I'm, I've, I'm, you know, Ryan Gosling was all right. Harrison Ford was on good form. They did a good, a good job sort of being faithful to the original, but also having a foot in the sort of present and contemporary issues. Although I will say I still prefer the original. I still prefer the sort of darker, noir tone of the original and the sort of grittier feel to it. Um, I mm. just felt they did such an amazing job building the the whole universe there. And whenever I, I'm so I, I've decided like if I'm going to make a short film this year, the the genre I've settled on is probably going to be a, a sci-fi thriller or sci-fi horror, and I'll probably be drawing a lot of inspiration from Blade Runner. And I'm going to steal the entire plot and just change the character's <laughs> name. Um, if you want to, if you want to experience the real Blade Runner in Japan, though, I'd say Osaka, the the areas of um, of Dotonbori. Uh, that actually Pete and I wandered around together. We did like a in our Osaka trip video, twenty four hours in Osaka. <laughs> we did some sort of weird music video at the end of the day, where Pete Donaldson walks around and just looks very menacing and evil. He walks down some stairs. He fucks Ooh. up the crane game. He walks Ooh, over a bridge. Game. It's all very tense. Bridge. Ooh, <laughs> so spooky. <laughs> but it looks kind of cool. I mean, I think we did a cool job yeah. with it. I, mean, I put over a, a VHS filter. So it kind of this 80s, grungy, 80s, <laughs> early 90s vibe to it. But the best shot in that wasn't actually in Osaka. We cheated a little bit uh, because the next day of the trip, we went to Kobe and we ate some Wagyu beef and it was amazing. Mm. But during that day, um, I, we were down an alleyway in Kobe and it was just the most amazing looking alleyway it was very gritty um there was like hundreds of pipes running above the alleyway and there was like an izakaya mm. hidden like a hole in the wall izakaya in the street pumping out loads of smoke from like yakitori skewered meat that was being grilled so it was this very kind of hot humid evening this dimly lit alleyway puff full of smoke and neon lights and it just looked incredible and uh the opening mm. shot of that video with the pipes, that was all shot there. And um, It was near also, um, Sanamaya, I think, the, ch- the, the tube station Sanamaya, yeah, which is where right. I live, the bars are. That's right. And I, one of my favourite photos of all time on my um, Instagram is I, I shot it down that alleyway, and it just it's just the most incredible place. So, yeah, the back streets of Kobe, Osaka, and um, I'd say Shibuya Love Hotel District and... Uh, Kabukicho in Shinjuku. Shinjuku probably, perhaps more than any other, I think is is mm. the number one candidate though. But yeah, mm. there you go. I'd I'd love to go do something else. I also did another video. That I'm gonna plug on the Chris Abroad channel in Shinjuku doing a cyberpunk esque neon music video. So go and check that out. Uh, we got one here from Eric. He says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm a Swedish listener that's pretty much only survived this long." Pandemic-ridden year, thanks to the podcast episodes. Ah, oh, thank you, Eric. How kind. Yeah. As I've had a long time to think and plan my Japan study trip, I'm left choosing exactly what city to study and spend my daily life in. As this is probably the most important choice, I ask for your guidance in what to choose. We do this a lot. We seem to make important life decisions for important people. We had a, a soldier, like an American, uh, I think someone from the U.S. Navy, a few weeks or oh, months ago. He choose his best, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's like, which base should I choose? And I, I wonder if he actually <laughs> went for the one we suggested, which I think was oh, Sassable in what uh, if he us for a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've what decided this is the ultimate choose your own adventure. But Eric has given us four places. He's given us, number one, Sapporo, uh, the, the northern capital of Hokkaido, home to the ruthless brown bears that massacre people. We've got Kyoto in number two, with its great cultural heritage. Number three, Osaka, home of Blade Runner. And number four, Kobe, home to the greatly 
uh, appreciated Corbett beef. To be fair, I am mostly stuck between Sapporo and Kyoto. But can you share any details about these places that may sway my opinion one way or the other? Many thanks, guys. Eric uh, from Sweden. Any thoughts, Pete? Which of those cities? He's from Sweden, so he probably won't mind the cold up in Sapporo. So I'd probably go for that if I was already used to the freezing cold. But maybe you want something a little bit different. Maybe you want Kyoto. Maybe you want Kobe, the home of the... <laughs> Uh, Yakuza <laughs> <laughs> it's got Wagyu it's got a great Chinatown it's got, it's got yeah. the Yakuza it is home to the Yakuza um, <laughs> I think Kyoto will get my vote because um, it's just so much easier to get to anywhere right if you're going to be living somewhere mm. for a long period of time it makes sense to have easy access to all the cool stuff I think Kyoto you know you're 30 minutes to Osaka by bullet train I think like 35 minutes to Kobe by bullet train uh, mm. And so you can get anywhere really easily and effortlessly. In Kyoto, you've got no shortage of things to do. I love Sapporo. I think it's a fantastic city. But, of course, you're going to be well out of the loop there. You're not yeah. going to be able to get anywhere without having to fly on a plane realistically. And so great to stay for a long time, but I feel like you're going to miss out a lot. And you could get a lot more done and see a lot more of Japan if you end up in Kyoto. And I'd choose mm. Kyoto over Osaka because Osaka is fun and gritty, but it's very... Uh, densely populated and the coronavirus situation it's been really i think it's been the worst affected city in japan osaka uh even kyoto mm. which is very nearby hasn't been half as badly affected so yeah I'd, I'd choose kyoto by far in my view but best of luck eric email us back let us know what you go for later on down the line curious to hear over to you Pete. agreed uh, final email from Martin Molina Sanchez. Thank you, Martin, from Chile, who have, have they just been knocked out of the um, Copper America? Maybe they have. Uh, and I've been saving money for years to travel to Japan. 2020 was supposed to be the year, but you know stuff happened. Anyways, you can imagine how much I appreciate your content as it allows me to imagine all the fun stuff I'll be doing when I finally get my ass there. Question for you both. As seen in the latest Connet Sea Dog VA collab, the love hotel industry is something that pretty much could only work in Japan. So I began to wonder what other type of industry or service would you like to provide that could would only work in Japan? Also, a uh, huge thanks to Mr. Pete, real Frenchman Donaldson. Donaldson uh, not sure who he's talking about there. Uh, for inspiring me to become a podcaster and actually uh, create my own company to help wow. uh, other people get into podcasts. Right, listen, Martin, <laughs> step step away. All right, sunshine, <laughs> we've got enough competition. Don't need someone who's clearly competent. Your email's very well written. I'll not have this. Right, I I can. I've made you. I could destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> ruthlessness, the ruthlessness, ruthless. Of Pete the ruthless. Good I'll God. not have this. I'll not have this. Poor old Martin sitting in Chile, quaking in his boots at the tyranny of Pete Donaldson, eight or nine thousand miles away in a Ruminetti. Um, I, what other type of industrial service would you like to provide that can only work in Japan? Well, I think um, mm. the episode Connor brought out before the Love Hotel was rent a boyfriend, and I feel like I don't know if that would work in the UK. I feel like it. Did, did you see this video? Connor basically rented a boyfriend for a day. Right. Okay. You pay, I can't remember how much it was, a few hundred dollars, but this guy comes out, meets you, holds your hand and walks around with you all day, listens to your boring stories, sings karaoke, will do anything really. Um, it, it, it does sound a bit like prostitution in some respects, but a lot <laughs> less sleazy, a lot less sleazy. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing. <laughs> Rent a boyfriend. Any industries you can think of, Pete? That, uh, that, would, that, would, that, that would only work in Japan. Um 
Pachinko. I just remember there's a really loud pachinko parlour. Just a confusing pachinko parlour in the middle of London. And I'd be like, what the fuck is that? It's just a load of noise. Rubbish. That That's it, though. A lot of, uh, lot of uh, empty um, offices in central London. So let's turn them all into pachinko parlours. Let's do it. Oh, God. I still, you know, I, I made a video about pachinko, the most watched video on YouTube about pachinko mm. with like 5 million views. And I still don't understand pachinko. I don't understand the thrill of pachinko. <laughs> I don't understand the motivation of playing pachinko. It's it's just such a weird game. You, you basically sit in a chair, put some balls in a machine and turn a dial and pray. But nevertheless, Natsuki did still win. Like when we did that video, he won, he won right. us some sake. And it wasn't rigged or anything. He genuinely won. And he claims it was down to his skill. Like he, in the countryside in Japan, there's nothing to do a lot of the time. So people yeah. will just finish work and then go and play pachinko and smoke and drink and play pachinko. And uh, Natsuki is no exception. <laughs> He's, his pachinko days are behind him, uh, but he did mm. used to do it an awful lot. So when he rocked up into the pachinko place in that video, he he was like a, a cowboy that had hung up, hung up his like rifle that was coming back into the game for one last like one last shootout and uh, did a good job did a good job to be fair that was a good video Japan's I think the yeah, videos he was he was up quite a lot he was good I think the video is called Japan's biggest gaming obsession Japan's biggest gaming mm. obsession it's quite a fun video check it out uh, keep the stories mm. questions comments coming into a Brawn Japan podcast at gmail.com check out the video from the first episode of Wacky Weekend over on Sea Dog VA channel uh, but for now guys no matter how you're doing out there in the big wide world enjoy the rest of the week and we'll see you in the next few days to do it all over again on the Brawn Japan podcast but for now have a good one Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.